Today I would like to speak to you about Pentecost. Am I off? Oh, am I on? Okay. <laughs> Today I'd like to speak to you about Pentecost. And we're going to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I'm reading out of the NIV, so we'll read it there. When the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and uh, camped to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking or to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Um, at Pentecost, <laughs> there are... A lot of first with the coming of the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit has always been there. We've always had uh, how in the Old Testament there were visitations of the Spirit, that the Spirit would come upon different individuals, empower them, and they would prophesy, or like Samson, great feats of strength would come upon him, and he would be able to you know, take the gates off the city walls and carry them up over the hill. He was quite an individual and quite a powerful person. But it was the Spirit that came upon him that enabled him to do so. Well, Pentecost means that the Holy Spirit doesn't come to visit divine visitation. The Holy Spirit has come to stay. That the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, has come to be part of who we are, part of our daily life. And so we then... We then become the oracle that God wants us to be. That at any moment, at any time, the Spirit of God is there teaching and helping and directing and, you know, protecting and guiding. You know, so there's so many things that the person of God is there in the, in the, in the Holy Spirit to indwell our hearts and indwell our lives and to give us strength and power and forgiveness and love and all these things that go on that, that are we attribute to God is the Holy Spirit working in us. So Pentecost marks the day that the barrier was broken from the Old Testament visitation to the New Testament understanding of God being with us always. So the redeeming work of Christ, the redemption that we have with Jesus Christ, is made known to us by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' coming is called the Incarnation. And it means in fleshing, in fleshing. So to put God's word into human form, we know that Jesus came. And then to express God's word in human terms is what we see in Christ and his teachings and in the scriptures. And then to live out that word in our human life, our life, the Holy Spirit has come to empower us. So we're not alone in this. You're never alone. You're never uh, off on your own on some deserted island between you and God. It is, it is an indwelling of God's presence. It is a desiring or an enabling to work the work of God. And sometimes that work that the, we, we have with God, it's not the miraculous. It's just the everyday things that we do. Uh, this week uh, we had a a funeral, I had a funeral, and uh, another individual was there that uh, I had was privileged to help them during their time of loss, and, and she came up to me. I always give her a hug, and she said to me, you know, when you hug me, I feel like someone else is hugging me. 
not just me, but I, you know, like God is there comforting her. And I thought, wow, what a compliment, because that's what we are. It isn't how great we are, it's how much God is there with us. And that the confidence or the assurance that we give in a handshake or in a word is not just from us, it is, we, we want, I want it to be God breathing and God speaking and God helping. And it isn't fixing or correcting. You know, we don't fix someone's life. We don't fix our own life. You know, what we are is we're allowing God to work in us, and the Holy Spirit is that power of God working in us and making the Word of God alive and active and quick and powerful. It is divides into the bone and marrow and the soul and the spirit. So the Holy Spirit is there in our life, and as we are giving it, it is God making it real. It is God touching and God helping. So we don't have to stop and say, well, you know, this is God talking to you. (laughs) If I have to tell you it's God talking to you, then it's probably just me. (laughs) But if we allow God to speak to us, and, you know, and that as we proclaim the word and proclaim the message, the Holy Spirit makes those things real to us. And the Holy Spirit brings them back to our remembrance. And so here we are in the midst of our life, living it, and guess what? Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is working in every activity of your life. Every activity of your life, God is there. Everything that we say and do, God is there. If I go to the depths of the sea or the height of the mountains or the height of space to go to the ends of the world, as far as the east is from the west, God is there. And so God the Holy Spirit is here with us in our lives and he is empowering us. He's giving us the ability to see, (laughs) giving us the ability to hear giving us the ability to do. And see, we all have these qualities, hear, seeing, and doing, but there is a different level to those hearing and seeing and doing. There is hearing the things that we sometimes would not catch when in a conversation, or hearing that still small voice in us saying, don't go that way, or go that way. We hear that, that, that voice on the inside, that assurance or that questioning or that stopping thing inside of us that 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 says go stay wait believe you know it's all going to come together it's all going to come you know we can be distracted it's easy to become distracted (laughs) Um, coming out of Perkins this morning there was a car over in the lot and it's its horn was going off you know Beep, 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 you know, it's going like, what a distraction, I was thinking. You know, coming out of there, what a distraction. Beside it was a, a car, a red car. So I'm listening to the beeping and following the beeping, and I go over to, to open the red car. It wasn't mine. <laughs> My car was down about four or five spaces. I was so distracted by the beep, beep, beep. All I saw was a red car, and when I got there, I looked at the side of it, and it's, I looked, and, oh, it looks like they were next to somebody that was mowing grass. And I said, I wasn't mowing grass. My car's not dirty. This isn't my car. <laughs> yeah. So I'm there pushing the button and, you know, thinking I'm going to go get in. But it was this this other car that was the distraction that got me 
to the wrong place. I took myself to the wrong place because I was distracted. Well, life is like that, that we can become distracted by the events of life. We can become distracted by our feelings. We can become distracted by our pain. We can become distracted by our successes. We can become distracted by, I mean, you know, we're, we're very easily distracted. You ever see that car commercial that uh, the guy comes out and he says, okay, what I want you to do is focus on the screen. Don't take your eyes off of the screen. And then he starts and these people come, this sumo wrestler or whatever comes in, they're throwing each people down, banging things off the wall. And people aren't watching the screen. They're watching the baby or whatever it is that comes on there. What happens is we become distracted. And in our lives, when we become distracted, sometimes we forget to look to God, to keep our eyes on him, to to be able to see what he wants to do. So living in the Spirit is to live out God's Word. You know, that used to be a a watchword, you know, we're just living in the Spirit. (laughs) You know, just me and God. Uh, You know, I got God's anointing, and God's this, and the Spirit's this, and, you know, we mistakenly equate spiritual gifts as spiritual understanding. And because people may have giftings, doesn't mean that they are smart in the spirit realm. You know, God gives us gifts and he gives us fruit. He gives them to us for a purpose. They're not, they're not to store in our uh, spiritual bins that I got this gift and I got this quality and I got... If we don't use it, you don't got it. If we don't use it, it doesn't have a purpose. If you, don't, if you haven't worn it in the last five years, chances are you're not going to. <laughs> so, you see, we can become like these things are ours, and we got to keep them until the moths eat them entirely, you know, instead of just little holes. No, we've got gifts and we've got things, and it's only as we use them. It's only as they are in use do they continue to be there. God doesn't give us gifts and fruits to stockpile. He gives them to us. So as we live in the Spirit, it's to live out God's Word. Living out God's Word. When you feel alone, you live out God's Word by repeating the Scripture. I am not alone. God is with me. (laughs) When we feel like we are defeated, what are we to do? We're to live out the word that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You see, living out the word is using the word, by, and again, inspired by the Spirit. We're not being distracted by what is happening. We are being fulfilled by the word of God alive in us. You see, I'm living out God's purpose Whenever I smile at someone, when I forgive them, (laughs) did you know, whenever we pass judgment, when we pass judgment, we have already put a screen up between us and that individual. And we miss what God is trying to do. You see, God has a purpose for every life. And whenever we put a a judgment of 
criticism, being critical of someone, that when we are critical of them, we've already established an outcome that is, is not what God wants. Because God isn't finished with them yet, God isn't finished with us. So if we can be understanding of ourselves, we can understand others. We'll give them a chance. Give ourselves a chance. Give ourselves an opportunity by the Spirit and by the Word to make a difference. So we are living in the Spirit when we're living in the kitchen, (laughs) in the garage, in the store, in the workplace, in church, in the family. We're living in the Spirit as we live out the Word of God. And God's Word is alive and active and very much growing in us. The controversy, we have a controversy over what God intends for our life. And it is something that is what God intends for our life is freely given. It is not something rewarded. You come to church three times in a row and you get points. If you don't make it three Sundays in a row, you lose points. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Maybe it should, you know? No. (laughs) But you see, every time we come to, you know, this is important. Every time we come to church, every time we are here, your, your spirit indicator, your spiritual level continues to grow. And as we pray for our families and pray for our friends and pray for our loved ones and our neighbors, we're, we're, we're causing something good to happen in their life. We're, we're setting up, as it were, a bank of blessings for them. That, you know, when you pray a hedge about your children, you pray a hedge about yourself, you pray that God would protect and, and watch. And, you know, I, I think of this a lot that when Job... When, when the Satan uh, approaches God and says, you know, I think, you know, there's a, con- there's a conversation going on between, between God and Satan. And Satan says, well, I can't touch him because you've got a hedge about him. <laughs> I can't touch him because you've got a hedge about him. You remove the hedge and he'll curse you. <laughs> God says, okay, you can test him in the trials. You see, when we believe that God is in charge that every trial that comes to our life is there by permission. And that by permission, God is wanting to take us someplace that we wouldn't get there unless we went through this trial. And Satan thinks he's trying to destroy us, and in reality, God is using that difficulty to take us someplace even more, more important or greater impact upon our life and the fulfillment of what God wants us to do. So we see that every time we're here, every time we hear the word of God, our faith increases. We are building storehouses and we're becoming more powerful in the spiritual realm because we understand and because we believe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Our faith is a substance. It's very real. It's very tangible. When I hear about David and when I hear about Jonah, when I hear about Moses, when I hear about Peter, Paul, and Mary, when I... (laughs) They are in the Bible, Peter, Paul, and Mary, but yeah. But uh, when I hear about them, what happens? I'm getting power. There's strength coming into my soul. There's strength there, and I'm, I'm, I'm becoming stronger 
and when the attacks come and the things go wrong, it's like, no problem. God is with me. God will give me wisdom. God will give me understanding. He'll give me strength to deal with this. He'll give me help that, you know, as we faithfully study, God will bring back to our remembrance. I used to pray that all the time (laughs) in school and college. God, I'm studying. You're paying attention here. You got to help me on the test. So, but things of God that he gives to us are given freely. Freely. Because if they were earned, we would receive a payment. And payments are not what God is after. God wants to bestow gifts upon us. God wants to bestow his blessings upon us. And so it is freely given. See, we look at our clay pitchers, (laughs) our clay pots, and we question, (laughs) wow, how could God use a pot like this? (laughs) And God says, wow, that's a great pot, that's a great pitcher that I can pour things into and use. We're degrading it, and God God is blessing it. You hear the story about... The uh, two pitchers, two pots, and then the lady would carry them on her, carry them on her shoulders, and she would go down to the uh, well and pick up the water. But the one pot had a crack in it, and and she would carry this pot, these pots on her shoulder, and the pots were comparing themselves. You know, they're they're the ones carrying on the conversation on the two pots. So it's a crack pot, and it's a pot. <laughs> so. So we're the crackpot, okay? So we're, she's carrying the, the, the cracked pot up the hill and the other one, and the cracked pot is always complaining, oh, I'm not good enough. Uh, you know, she fills me up at the bottom, and by the time I get to the top, I'm, I'm half empty, and I'm not as good as the container that has no cracks in and no blemishes in it, and I'm, I'm not that good. While the lady who is carrying the two vessels says to the cracked pot, did you notice on your side of the path is where all my flowers are? And every time I carry water, you water my flowers and beautify the path. God uses our vessels. He uses us the way he sees fit. And no matter what we have, even if we're only... Even if we're not cracked up to be what we ought to be, <laughs> no matter what the crack is or the blemish, it's put there for purpose. It's placed there for, pur- for a purpose. And God will use our inabilities as well as he will use our abilities because God can bless who we are entirely. And whether it is I don't measure up or I, am, I can excel, it, God takes who we are and his spirit then empowers that person to become. This is what we are about. God doing a work in us to become what God wants us to be. We have a purpose. And Pentecost is saying God has come to be with us. He has come to fill our hearts and our spirits and our minds. You know, I, I say over and over again, Christians should be the most creative people on the planet. 
because we are full of the God who created, who spoke into existence the worlds and the solar system, and we are giving our life to him, and we're giving our minds to him, and we're giving our heart to him, we're giving our abilities to him, and we're wanting him to empower them, the Holy Spirit to empower, to quicken, to give us, and to, to take that which we have and make it greater than what it is. So Pentecost is God with me, in fleshing. The incarnation is God with me. So here it is, God in flesh. God in flesh came as Christ. And now, one of the assurances that we have that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, he says, when I get to heaven... When I ascend unto the Father, I will send to you another comforter. Another, in the, in, the, in the Greek states, one just like myself. Another just equal to who I am. So the Holy Spirit comes, and the coming of the Holy Spirit assures us that Jesus has accomplished his purpose. He has come to die for our sins. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father. He ever lives to make intercession for you. Jesus is praying for us. And then the Holy Spirit is here helping us and filling our hearts and bringing us wisdom and understanding and knowledge and the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit are working in our lives that we might do our Father's will. The Holy Spirit moved upon Mary and she conceived the third person of the Trinity. Jesus declared he would never leave us nor forsake us. That we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. Each our God. New Testament has over 90 references to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. <laughs> when the Spirit of truth. Matthew 28, 19. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit then, 1 Corinthians 12, 3, the King James has it, no man speaks by the, by, no man speaks by the Holy Spirit and calls Jesus accursed. When people, it's easy for us to determine, well, what do they think of Jesus? When we're listening to people and, and we're wondering, what do they say about Jesus? And whatever they say about Jesus determines what spirit is in their heart and their mind. No man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Differences of administration, but the same Lord. And I, I have that in the King James because that's what we're used to reading. But in the Message Bible, it says, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere. So it isn't like, well, you know, God never gave it to me. Well, put your hand, got our hands behind our back. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm for, sorry, God never gave me anything. <laughs> you see, open our hands, open our lives. God hands out gifts everywhere. He's handing them out. Why? Because he wants to empower us. He wants to bless our lives and let us be blessings. But they all, no matter what, God gives, no matter what gifts he bestows, they all originate in God's spirit. God's 
various ministries are carried out everywhere. So we find that the various gifts are handed out everywhere and that the various ministries are carried out everywhere. So God gives us the gifts to carry out the ministry, which is to do our work of service for God. So whatever we are doing, whatever we are doing, doesn't mean that we have to leave it. We just have to allow God to be involved in it. (laughs) They all originate in the Holy Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere. So that everywhere comes up a lot of times in his first few verses. His various gifts are handed out everywhere. The various ministries are carried out everywhere. And God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere. How's that happening? It's happening in you. It's happening in me. In each of us, going about our daily routines, going about our daily tasks. God himself is behind it all. I've been trying to think of that, about how that everything in my life, everything that I do, I'm, I'm trying to, be, to pause and to think that God is here with me in this. Because sometimes we get carried up in all the things we do and interactions with people and things going right, things going wrong, people liking this and people not liking that. And it's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is God is with me and God is helping me in this moment. Good, bad, indifferent, God is there. And that every situation is a God opportunity to touch that person's life. Every situation. And everything I do, whether it's mowing the grass with three different lawnmowers, because <laughs> my lawnmower is broke. <laughs> I had to ride a John Deere, uh, an international, and another John Deere. You know, of course, the John Deere was better. But anyhow, <laughs> you know, it all came through. Even they, they, they fixed it and brought it back. I wasn't expecting it. They told me it would be a month five weeks before I get it back, and here it is a a little over a week, and it's back. That's a miracle. (laughs) It's a miracle. But you see, (laughs) um, character, character is you wanting to do things well. You know, I don't know what it is about mowing, but I like to make sure my lawn is mowed. (laughs) I mow my lawn. What does it mean? I don't know. What, is it, what does it mean? You see, what is it that, that's so important about mowing the grass? Well, what is it that's so important about taking a bath? You know, some people think taking a bath is overrated. <laughs> you can tell who they are. Or maybe you can smell who they are. But you see, part of our character is wanting to be approachable, vulnerable, being open, that we allow God to use whatever it is that we are to represent him and to be part of what his life is. So each person is given something to do that shows who God is. This is, I think, (laughs) is is God like grass mode in paths and patterns? I have no idea. But 
everyone is given something to do that shows who God is. Each of us is given something to do to show who God is. God is love. God is forgiveness. God is grace. God is mercy. God is power. God is strength. God is creativity. God is peace. You see, every one of us has been given something to show who God is. And it's that personality, it's that power of the Spirit making this real to us that we're just a cracked pot. (laughs) But that's exactly what God is going to use to water his flowers on the path. That's exactly what God wants. It's exactly who we are. It's exactly what we need to be. God doesn't want to change your personality, you know, the good of your personality one bit. He wants to take it from where it is to where he needs it to be so that you can be a better cracked pot. (laughs) The blemish isn't a problem. It's when the blemish stops us from being active that we've lost perspective. And who we are is exactly who God wants us to be or we would be different. (laughs) If I was supposed to be six foot tall, I would be. If I was to be Billy Graham, (laughs) I would have been. If I was to be, you see, if is not the problem. Who I am. Who I am. (laughs) The I am of the scripture is the I am that I want to be. I am God's voice. I am God's presence. I am God's love. I am God's forgiveness. I am God's mercy. I am God's blessing. And we would say, oh, that's, but you see, it isn't the I am of David. It's the I am of God, the Holy Spirit, alive in me, empowered to live life, to touch the lives of others. So that when you talk to someone, when you give them a hug, when you forgive them, when you love them, when you care for them, it just feels like someone else is there hugging me with you. (laughs) That was the greatest compliment I think I've ever had. And that's who we are. That's the Holy Spirit alive in us to talk, to touch, to heal, to comfort. That's God in us, empowering us. (laughs) Thinking, doing, speaking, touching, going, God is there. Never alone. Amen? Let's all stand. <laughs> Father, we are grateful. The message that you give to us is one that speaks to us of your power, your presence, your peace. Fill us to overflowing. Fill us to overflowing with your spirit. Let our vessel be filled with God. Let our vessel be filled with the spirit. 
to proclaim the message that makes a difference in other people's lives. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.